and to play. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. We are here on Let Your Voice Be Heard after a two-week hiatus. And this is Stanley for a time excited and slightly hungover, but I'm here to see you and celebrate and talk about politics. I'm also here with three people who came in to steal my thunder, but we all know that I am the star. And because I'm the star, you can follow me on Twitter at StanFritz. You can follow me on IG at StanFritz. You can follow me at Snapchat as Redacted because I don't play that name anymore because I don't use it. And I'm also here with Selena Hill, Tammy David, and of course, Evan Masternardi. Good on Good morning. Thank you, Let's Stanley, for that raspy introduction. Mm. That raspy voice. Shout out to everyone who is watching via Facebook Live and Instagram Live. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Excuse me. Formerly known as Let Your Voice Be Heard. This Word. is Be Heard. Yes. <laughs> uh, where we talk politics, race, and culture. And we do that all from our very diverse perspectives and of course we want you to let your voice be heard regardless by leaving us comments on facebook and you can also call us up at 212-650-6903 we have such a great show lined up i mean besides the coronavirus i drink modelos so i'm fine does that work? Nah. Yeah, it's better anyway. Cause, cause you put the lime. Nah, fam. Yeah. No, you get you get bit by a tick, so then you get the lime. So now you got a lime with your corona. I don't know. Mm, you see? I, I, so that probably doesn't work. Yeah, you're not gonna be my doctor anytime soon. Um, <laughs> you guys, please, <laughs> Jeff Harrison. What's going on? I see you watching us on Facebook Live. Uh, so besides that, we'll be talking about the South Carolina primary. That was a big deal because that was where uh, we had a, a strong uh, voting block of African American, especially black women they voted obviously they elected um joe biden Biden. and super tuesday is literally in like 48 hours so we got to talk about that and we need to talk about all the hate bernie's been giving like i'm unapologetically like riding for bernie since 2016 Mm -hmm. Um, i thought you were one for biden you need to don't no, don't play real. yourself, you Stanley. No, I've ne- don't Selena, don't do that. There was a show when the primaries first started. I remember because we all got in your case about it. You said you like Biden right now. Can you that, pull, no. can you pull receipts later on? Like I after can the absolutely show? pull receipts. <laughs> and I'll, put I'll it clarify. The show I think it was when we were talking about how Biden said he would consider a, a Republican running mate on the um, no, as vice president, no, and not then that I said. One. Stanley, I've never said that. I, so, like, you just, like, can you I, just stop with the... No, for real. The, I got the receipts. I'll get no, it later. You don't. Uh, I'm pleading I, all, no, you don't. I'm pleading all the fists right now. I've been, yeah, like, be first of all, I'm a loyalist. <laughs> I've been with Biden since, I mean, excuse me, Bernie since yeah, 2016. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know he was Ooh, in his, Friday and I even remember who was here. It was me, you, Alyssa, and, and Josh. And we all looked at you like you were brazy. Nah. Yeah. That I. So you're the only person in the Either world. Either way, it doesn't matter. She's Team Bernie. She's rocking with the boy right now. Mm-hmm. And trying to put so much dirt on my name. You like, wasn't with him shooting in the DSA. He's in his bag right now because he's feeling confident and cocky. So just ignore him. I Move got, on. I got a shape up two weeks ago. Feeling fresh. Two Might weeks. get another one. Well, yeah. You could go two weeks. Now, well, my, my hairline ain't like that. I got to go, like, every week till I was broke and unemployed. Well, <laughs> <laughs> damn. Well, <laughs> just to let you guys know, too, you can follow me at Instagram, on Instagram, at Miss Selena Hill. You can also follow me, Twitter, at Miss Selena Hill. But shout out to everyone who's watching right now, Facebook and Instagram Live. We're Ramdot, Jeff, Naledi. Thank you all for watching. We're happy to have you on here with us. Invite your friends to watch with you. 
And now for Tammy, and I'm sure Stanley won't try to throw any dirt on your name. I know. I wasn't throwing dirt on your name. I feel like I'm the show's like new angel, even though I'm like really well, problematic are. and like weird. Y'all just love. I'm like the baby, you know. You can't be mad at me. Mm. Thanks for the all youngest the child. <laughs> it's good to everybody's weird. It's good to be weird. Yeah, it is good to be weird, and it's good to be unapologetically yourself, which is right. why I love this show. Um, I'm so happy to be back from hiatus. There's a lot of new dope things in store for our show. Um, if y'all don't know, I have been pulling a lot of my effort into making the show more internet friendly. So, <laughs> you know, if y'all see us on social media, those wacky tacky memes, throw me some likes, throw me some love. And most importantly, throw me some suggestions because we're rebranding and we're sticking to our community based theme. And we want to get you guys at the center of the show. So if you want, follow us, Be Heard Pod, Twitter, Instagram. Follow me, Miss David, if you nasty, mm-hmm. and throw some suggestions in my DM. Absolutely. Is that the only thing you want thrown in your DM? All right, going on a break <laughs> now. <laughs> no. Wow, we really started. Wow. Up. Evan, real quick, <laughs> how can people find you? You can find me at, at underscore Mastinardi, and of course with my boy, the fellow faith, I was about to say fellow faithful, faithful, thoughtful thoughty, mm. Stanley Fritz. <laughs> I am... No need to be faithful. I'm, I was about to say, but I remember we're on FM. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I let, let's I not be trash. Let's not be trash. dot com. Word. And uh, I heard we need to get headshots now, so I need to get really professional. Mm-hmm. Yes, you sudden. should definitely have a headshot, Evan. I've for never sure. had one. It's just, okay. We'll hook you up. Yeah. We'll work it out with my iPhone 8, which is trash. But my anyway. My iPhone 10. <laughs> uh, on that note, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking about how Oprah fell on stage and how people think it was because of... Illuminati. No, the spirit of Kobe. Seriously, that's what people were telling me. Kobe <laughs> is that petty. <laughs> I didn't see this. We'll be right back. Just let your voice be heard. Oprah fell. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Turn it down. He's like, the first person that played with me got shot at. That sounds like extreme violence. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you were just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz, fresh from Yale University, because I was not smart enough to go there. I didn't have enough money to pay my way into there, but I can go for conferences where I sit in one room and don't see any other part of the campus, and that's exactly what I did. But if you are just tuning in, we are here for the news roundup to talk about things that made you laugh, cry, curse, flip a table or just listen to money bag yo and as we jump into this conversation make sure you know you're ready to hear from <laughs> selena hill tammy david and of course evan he's available ladies master <laughs> <Nardi>. <laughs> oh, that well, uh, yeah so okay before we get to oprah can we first and foremost let's talk about tom steyer because he dropped mm. out of the race but, but not bro- before he was backing it up <laughs> with Juvenile, with Juvenile <laughs> and the Hot Boys on stage. And obviously, Black Twitter has been going at him. And it's, it's caused a lot of backlash for him. He's pandering. I get it. You know, him and his wife and I believe his daughter were upstage, like, trying to twerk or do whatever they were doing. But can I, like, just say and not be judged by, like, I honestly, like, thought those videos were hilarious. And if I was at that concert, I probably would have been screaming, Go Tom, go. Girl, like, I can't even judge you because it's objectively fun and funny. Like, we love the turn up. And, like, you know, it it is pandering, but there's a reason that it works. You know, like, we love to see the intercultural mingling. <laughs> you know, when Hillary did it in 2016, the Dominicans were eating it up at oh that Domino's table. <laughs> we loved it. Yo. Did you love that it? When, did you not, love not it? Not when she said, I carry hot sauce in my bag. I was Swag. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, that was dry as hell. Um, she, she carries sriracha in her bag. 
<laughs> no, she uh, carries leftover Chinese food. She carries carry oh. Texas Pete's. Okay. <laughs> anyway, if it's not Cholula, anyway. So, I mean, I saw it. I thought it was fine. I'm just looking forward to the memes. I'm like everybody else. The memes? Like, they're all the videos. Yeah, the memes not, are coming. The but, memes are coming. But, Stanley, let's talk about Black Twitter's response. Like, mm-hmm. A lot of people were outraged by it and, yeah. like, really upset. Where did you fall? Because I was laughing. I couldn't stop watching those videos. Yeah, but where were you? I was also laughing. That was funny as hell. I could not stop laughing. It was so funny because if you look at him, like, all the black people, <laughs> you know, what number do the do white folks dance on? Because they, <laughs> they was dancing on the nines and 25s. Like, I didn't understand <laughs> what they were doing. And then I saw his wife up there. Her name is Kitty or something like that. Kate Taylor. Oh, yeah, Kitty. So Kitty was going <laughs> ham. Tom Slyer threw it in a circle for that black boat. And you know what? He didn't do that bad in South Carolina for what it's worth. He yeah. did better than Elizabeth Warren. Whoa. Is it bad that whenever I see, like, awkward dancing and stuff, my mind immediately jumps to, like, sex and how dry it must be like <laughs> i see i see him moving on the fives and the 21s and i'm like oh yeah. man no rhythm listen, no rhythm that, that, that listen. Off, off thrust. <laughs> yeah. listen man everybody got rhythm in the bedroom does everyone Don't, i disagree go ahead on tom tom listen he ain't he ain't win kitty's heart from just giving wax strokes you know like he's he's here well he is can we say wax strokes on oh mm, that's true his money is long this ship has sailed at this point (laughs) (laughs) well speaking of ships sailed Mm -hmm. let's talk about the diamond princess cruise ship that came back and brought 55 people with coronavirus to the u.s oh it's, it's 55 Wait. Okay, so there have been obviously I've segued. Are they there in have the been, Bronx or no? No, they're not okay, in the Bronx. No, mostly the Bronx. on the West Coast. <laughs> mostly on the West Coast. So se- there were seventy-one confirmed <laughs> cases of coronavirus in the U.S. Black people don't get coronavirus because our, our skin is made from Hennessy and slavery history. <laughs> so the rest of y'all, good luck. Borderline offensive, <laughs> nonetheless. Yes. Um, but we did have our oh first corona God. death, coronavirus mm-hmm. death yesterday. A man in his fifties who had underlying health conditions. Was he black? No. no, exactly. We can't catch Corona. I wish that that's, was true. That's got to be a new sweater. That's, that's, that's not true. Can I, guys. Can I, can I be problematic? Sandy, that got to be a new sweater. All you can't these, catch Corona. All these numbers that they're giving are meant to scare the public and are meant to be fear mongering. Like, if you actually look at the numbers, first of all, we know the coronavirus genome like within weeks when SARS it took like a year mm-hmm. and they are not talking about the 40,000 recovered cases mm-hmm. most of the people dying are you know don't want to be offensive but they're old or immunocompromised they're yeah. people who you know are susceptible to I don't know like what, the common cold I don't know what immunocompromised means so I'm gonna take it as offense <laughs> watch your mouth well right? it means you're not <laughs> drinking enough Hennessy that's exactly oh, okay. what it means. Well, I had yeah. so much well to Tammy's <laughs> point, the numbers are definitely in our favor. You have like such a low percentage chance of ever correct- catching a coronavirus. So there have been 86,500 cases on a global scale. And at least almost 3,000 of those people have been fatal. But almost 3,000 of them were in China. Um, and Damn. just a correction, there were only... 44 Americans who courted aboard the Diamond Princess cruise ship. I said 55. The, the Diamond is, Princess? That's what we call that? Yes, the 44. Did, so did they pay <laughs> Trina for that? Because that's her name. Honestly, I doubt it. See? That sounds like Hello Kitty culture to me. White man, white man always taking black intellectual property. Everybody knows Trina is a Diamond Princess. Well, Evan, there's also some travel bans to Italy and South Korea. Oh, Are you, you brought up Italy on purpose. No! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't. No, I did it. I did it. No, I as long as I could go back to DR, I'm good. 
I just want to know, are you feeling fearful or do you feel like Tammy who says like, hey, it's just like fear mongering? I think there's a lot of fear mongering. And of course, like to bring it to an actual serious note, my problem is when the, this gets translated towards animosity and racism towards anyone in the Asian community, which is very common. Like even I see it all over blatantly on Facebook. I see it in, in everywhere. Like people, this is not an excuse essentially to be randomly uh, afraid of anybody who is Asian. That is still stereotyping. Yeah. And honestly, anybody can get it. So anyone who is on this cruise who came here, um, if it was passed on, it has no face. You know, the coronavirus, yeah. and, and uh, except for like, as Stanley said, there are certain protections that certain people can't get it, apparently, yeah. due to Hennessy. And, and that extra. is a lie. I am lying. People do not are take you? me seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, there's always that one person listening to the show who's like fully going to go who's out, gonna drunk get, on Hennessy. Take all the Hennessy just because of you. No. Wash your hands and drink water. But I think just exactly, just like any flu, I think when we put the pr- these protections in place, I think that for the most part, we will be safe. And I, my, my concern, like I said, in addition to the racism, is that like Mike Pence is like the czar of oh. the coronavirus. Yo, oh. he's which is, you mean HIV single-handedly outbreak. kill all the gays in what was it, Indiana, Pence? I, I have never. It, it's situations like these. Like, of course, I feel like any day we could, you know, Trump can randomly step on the nuke buttons and we'll all die. But aside from that, like, it's days like these that I feel really uh, afraid of this administration because let's say there is an outbreak. Let's say we're close. Look at the competency that we have up there <laughs> to, to that's standing between us and that. That 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 is what scares me. Yo, Mike Pence literally was responsible for an HIV outbreak in Indiana that saw on average twenty people a month contracting HIV because they would not allow people to get clean needles to oh, folks wow. who had drug addiction and then when they asked him what the solution was he said he was going to pray for them yeah michael pence is the last person you want in charge of right. anybody's health he's also the person that said he doesn't believe cigarettes cause cancer <laughs> what no i'm serious in 2020 no no this happened <laughs> in like 2004 but he has a washington post opinion piece about this where he says he doesn't believe that cigarettes cause cancer like this is why I mean, would you make him in charge of this? The Trump administration has proven themselves to be anti-science, but I think that this just takes the cake. Um, the U.S. has also issued travel warnings to parts of Italy and South Korea, um, if that is going to help anything. But other than that, I just don't know if we are prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, a number of scientists and, and medical professionals have said it's not a question of if this is going to hit the U.S. It's just when. Yeah. And I do think that we should take some precautions. It already has. One person died from coronavirus. No, I mean, like in a pandemic. Honestly, oh. tying it to like our main topic at hand, honestly, yeah. this just shines a light on how problematic not only our administration is, but the way we run things here. Like if coronavirus does not get stopped, which it clearly is not going to right now, as all those people just came back. All of the low-wage workers that don't have sick days, that don't mm-hmm. have health insurance, they're, gonna keep going, they're yeah. all going to get sick. And because it's like the common cold and working while sick and working yourself to the bone is praised in America, right. everyone's going to get it. Because you're mm-hmm. not going to, a bartender is not going to miss their chance at paying rent because they have the sniffles. Right. And we're all wrecked. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Enjoy your top cheese when it has true. coronavirus on it now. Medicare for all. Please, Bernie. Please. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm here. Here for it. Um, before we wrap up and uh-huh. go to break, so I mentioned Oprah Winfrey's fall. She was Grace. fall from Grace. That's so funny. Like no, so she was <laughs> on stage. I didn't think it was funny, but some no, people. Stanley said it was funny. It's always funny when people fall. Really, definitely. I didn't even know what? she fell anywhere. <laughs> so, so what Kevin Hart said is that 
when women have high heels, they don't fall, they buckle. And that's kind of what it seemed here. Oh, I've seen them fall. (laughs) This was like a buckle (laughs) and a fall. Well, no, it it really was. Um, I watched it a few times, but I would just say why'd you watch it a few times? I would say Oprah's doing much better. Why didn't you see it more than once? I just wanted to like really analyze it. Different angles, yeah, basically. And I will say this: in her latest stage uh, appearance, where she was interviewing Jennifer Lopez, she had sneakers on. She was wearing sneakers. So shout out to Oprah Winfrey for taking the heels off, wearing sneakers. I guess that's the only. The lesson learned there. I that guess was the Oprah's best I could kicks, do. Girl. Ooh, That's the best I could ooh, do. Just watch it now. It's kind of funny. I don't know about that. Well, anyway, <laughs> uh, we do have to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're talking about Bernie Sanders, his campaign, and why, if you ask me, he's going to win the nomination. Or he has a really good shot of it. I'll say that. But everyone's against him, it's even him. Th- especially the establishment. Mm-hmm. This is Be Heard. Uh, I say. I think he lost like 500 black folks with that dance. <laughs> he was on stage with not a drop of rhythm on there. The beat was like one, two, three, and he was like eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. what in the Harriet Tubman is going on here? <laughs> but he became an honorary hot boy last night. No, he did not. Yes, he no. did, Stanley. He became an honorary presidential election loser. <laughs> he did not. That was hilarious, though. It w- but speaking of the presidential election, mm-hmm. thank you for that, Stanley, because Bernie, my main man, is on a roll. Bernie Sanders is on a pathway to victory, but many people are not happy about it. Mm. He had a strong performance in Iowa, in the Iowa caucuses, and victories in both New Hampshire and Nevada. Mm. He is also overwhelmingly popular with, he's overwhelmingly the most popular Democratic presidential candidate amongst young Americans. Mm. <laughs> in the Nevada caucuses, for example, he received 65% of the vote from voters age 17 to 29, mm. while among voters ages 30 to 44, he received 49% of the vote. But in addition to doing well in the polls and most of the state primaries, his campaign disclosed earlier today that he received 46.5 million dollars in donations in February. Damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he has the money, too. It's the votes, the popularity, the momentum and the money. As a result, even though Bernie's momentum is on fire, even though he lost last night in the South Carolina primary. Did he? I mean, but we expected that. Nah, like, he he lost, lost. Yeah, no, he Sorry. did. He came in second place. However, despite all of his success, Democratic leaders and members of the establishment refuse to admit that he is the front runner in the Democratic primary race. Meanwhile, dozens of establishment leaders last week revealed that they are not just worried about Sanders' candidacy, but are also willing to risk intra-party damage to stop his nomination at the National Convention in July, according to the New York Times. In addition, the New York Times reports that 93 superdelegates showed overwhelming opposition to Bernie Sanders and that if he did get the nomination, um, they may be willing to even have a brokered convention, which we'll go into detail in a little bit. So basically, members of the establishment, they are willing to entertain recruiting at the convention dark horse candidates Mm. who aren't even running right now. And basically, they're willing to jeopardize um, the party, the establishment, all the work that these candidates have been putting in for months and years on end. And the voters, because they've garnered support from people like us, they're willing to jeopardize all of that so that they can maintain 
the status quo. So I want to kick things off here by asking what was your reaction to the South Carolina primary, Stanley? You mentioned that you were kind of surprised by the yeah. results Bernie had. I knew that Joe Biden was going to win. He yeah. won with 50 percent of the vote. Well, 49 percent mm-hmm. of the vote. But that's a pretty resounding victory. All the polls had him up by maybe one or two points against Bernie and said that Bernie was surging. He got 49. Like, just to put it into context, he got over 150,000 votes and Bernie came in second and got 64,000 votes. That's how much Biden won by. And in one election, he's already caught up to Bernie's delegate count. So he Biden won 39 um, pledged delegates in that election. And now all of a sudden, he has 40 and Bernie has 57, which puts Biden number two as far as election victories and delegates in this primary now. This is pretty impressive. I, like, I just... I did not think he was going to do this well. And because of it and because so many folks have issues with Bernie because they think that he's going to hurt down ballot races or whatever they're afraid of, this puts Biden very much so in play again. If you were listening to the news yesterday, they were saying that it's now a two-man race. Tammy, what are your thoughts on the primary and the results? Honestly, it went exactly as expected. And I don't know, as a Bernie fan and also like not a Democrat, I purposefully change my party out of Democrat like when Bernie is done running because I don't want to be associated with it. Um, I think this is exactly how the election is supposed to play out. Like we knew that Amy and Pete would come out strong in the Midwest and they were shockers to the country. However, we knew that Biden with his credibility with Obama and his longstanding political history was really the Democratic sweetheart. And now he's on track with that. We also know that black people make up 60 percent of the electoral vote in South Carolina. And like, to me, I'm a little bit surprised that Biden didn't win higher. But when you look at Bernie's fundraising skills and also the people on the ground for Bernie out there, like I personally know Mad POC who just went down to Canvas just for Bernie. Um, Like, I think Bernie did pretty okay grabbing second and also, you know, being, I don't know, maybe less, slightly less than half. I thought he would be obliterated. He got 20 percent of the vote. That's not good. It's not good, but it's better than expected. Um, Evan, what are your thoughts about the results? I I think it's expected as well. I think Bernie's going to have a tough time in the South. I think for, I know we're going to get to Super Tuesday soon, but I think that, you know, Bernie's got to win at least, Bernie wins like North Carolina. That's, That's part of Super Tuesday, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that would help. But he needs to win one South as like South adjacent, like Texas. He needs to do something like that, I think, to show that his reach, you know, geographically is, is stronger. But I think that this is going to be a challenge. I think that Biden will continue to do uh, better in the South. But that does not mean that Biden will win or that Biden will be the front runner. What it does mean, though, if Biden's able to get enough so that there's not a clear, I believe, in order for there to be a broker convention, someone just can't have 50 percent. Right. Mm. So so that's a real threat. So it's, he, it's impossible at this point to get to, 50, to, to get to that number now, by the it, way. It is? It's impossible? Yeah, it's been impossible since after the New Hampshire primary. There's not enough pledged delegates yeah. and enough time to get to it. Mm-hmm. There's like, so you would have to have happened. Can, can I explain? Yeah, 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 yeah tell, so, say it. Like I'll, I'll try, like I'm not an expert on this, but I'll simplify it as much as possible. Say in order to like win a nomination, you need to win 100 pledged delegates, right? Mm-hmm. And every election you win, you win like a certain amount of like delegates for each of those races. 
there are seven people in a race right now. So like all like mm-hmm. so from the start, you would have had to win overwhelmingly in order to get all the delegates. No one has done that until yesterday with Joe Biden, right? Mm-hmm. So that means that at the end of the like at the end of this primary season, going into the convention, whoever's in the lead is not gonna have fifty percent. They're gonna have a good chunk of the delegates, but they would then need every state to nominate them and vote for them. Now, before we were doing primaries where people got to vote in individual states, you would have just like regular party representatives representatives and delegates who would negotiate on the floor and they would decide who to pick. What could end up happening is that folks could gang up and put their delegates together to oust Bernie since you don't have a majority and get somebody else to 100. So yeah. like, that's going to be really interesting to see. It, it would be, but I also think that if that happens, I think that ensures a Trump presidency once oh. again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. you have divided. Yeah. The electorate is already divided, even the Democratic side, but that will just further it to the point where I think the turnout will decrease to such an extent that he mm-hmm. will be assured the presidency. And that just goes to show you that the establishment Democrats, they're, pro- they're doing pretty well under Trump. Yeah. Mm. They, they don't really care. They don't like, care. Like, they just want their person. They just want their interests. They will let this country have another four years of Donald Trump if their version of, you know, neoliberal, centrist, capitalist, Democrat isn't isn't uh, nominated. Yeah. You know, great point. And Stanley, you are right. Bernie Sanders gained a little under 20% last night at mm-hmm. the primary, about 19.9%, yeah. I believe. Uh, and uh, Joe Biden showed out. He got a lot of the percentage. But to an earlier point that Evan made, um, you know, I wasn't surprised that Joe Biden won. I don't think any of us were. I don't think Bernie needed to win South Carolina. Uh, more than 2 million people have already no. cast ballots in the Democratic primaries in Super Tuesday states, which can potentially limit the bounce that Biden picked up in South Carolina. That's number one. And number two, Sanders is expected. He's already leading in California by 20 points, according to polls. And he's also up in Texas. Victories in those two yeah. states in particular and, uh, and elsewhere could ensure that he wins the uh, um, wins on Super Tuesday in about 48 hours, mm-hmm. and he'll have a significant lead in overall delegates. So I'll say here, because we're talking about how the, uh, the Democratic establishment, they are trying to stop him. There are a number of Congress people uh, reportedly in the news who will not admit that he's the front runner. There are a number, there's people who are pressuring uh, Pete Buttigieg to drop out so that Joe Biden can win and get more of that base and start mm-hmm. and win more of the the conservative and the moderates so that they can take out Bernie. It's basically like this machine is doing any and everything possible to take Sanders out. And the question is why, right? Like, I mean, why would we risk having a brokered convention? Um, and and why would we risk like alienating so many of the the voters and the people that are supporting Bernie Sanders? So I think there's three particular reasons that folks should like really understand. The first one is a simplest solution. What Bernie is proposing would be a huge shift in power and a huge mm-hmm. shift in money and resources. And the money and corporate interests don't want that. Because in order to pay for Medicare for all, free college tuition, universal housing, all the things Bernie is talking about, you have to raise taxes on the rich, on everybody, mm-hmm. but on the rich to a significant mm-hmm. amount. They do not want that because once you get those things, you can never take them back. That's one. Two, there are some folks who are of the belief that because Bernie's politics are so far to the left, quote unquote, that it'll hurt down ballot candidates and it'll mm-hmm. stop the Democrats from being able to take back the Senate because then you'll have folks who will be running for U.S. Senate, but then they have to defend Bernie's stance on universal health care, which is a lot harder to do in red states. 
And then the final piece is we have stigmatized socialism in a way that a lot of people consider it authoritarianism. And it's not. But a lot of people see it that way. So some of the Democratic establishment are worried that if Bernie is a front runner and wins, then Trump is going to call him a socialist and call him Fidel Castro and call him um, um, Cedric Chavez. And he's, we're going to lose the election because everyone's afraid of socialism. Well, before we go on break, I just want to say here, because the pillars of Bernie Sanders political revolution, the movement that he started years ago, is raising the uh, federal minimum wage to $15 an hour, launching a Green New Deal expanding public housing, boosting government support for organized labor, tuition-free college, pay raises for school teachers, dismantling the prison industrial complex, legalizing marijuana, and, of course, Medicare for all. I mean, you are talking about things like this, campaigns like this, campaigning on things like that. That directly speaks to me. That directly speaks to progressives, the working class, people of color, the people that this system does not work for and does not favor. My question is, you know, before we go on break, Tammy, is the message that Bernie Sanders is putting forth, is it resonating with working class folks, with people of color, with older black people? Because he's literally trying to work in favor of us. But, you know, the propaganda is, oh, he's a socialist. This is something that is really tough on my heart personally. Like, I was really sad watching the South Carolina results because, honestly, I knew it was going to happen. But in my head, I was like, why are black people voting against their best interests? Like, Bernie Sanders wants national rent control. Do you know how much money that would save our single moms in the hood? Like, our families struggling to get by? But... To be honest, I also see the the issue of relatability, right? Like, black people have not really had a space and a center in leftism in the country. Um, like we talked about before in our, our Black Liberation show, talking about Jay-Z, black people have never had a seat at the table, so we don't know what it's like to succeed in capitalism. We kind of just see, okay, like, there are black CEOs now. There are some of us leaving Harvard. There are some of us getting in. So maybe this is starting to work. Also coupled with, you know, the fact that we haven't been really involved in politics. Like we're now getting to the first black woman to X and the first black man to X. And so we've never been invited into these spaces. So we don't necessarily know how to do our research and to to find out which policies really work best for us and how it will affect our future in the Senate. Um, on that note, we do have to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll continue the discussion. Great point, Tammy. Are black people, are most people, you know, voting against their own interests because they don't want to vote for, quote unquote, democratic socialists? This is Be Heard. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz here with Selena Hill, Tammy David, and of course, Evan, mother-loving Master Nardi from Corona. I can't, I can't make that joke right now. Damn it. Well, he's yeah. from a good part of the neighborhood. Selena, take it back. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I just want to read this comment we got on our Instagram live. Joe Swan says the corporate donors grease their palms, too. Those donors are afraid of Bernie. And before we went on break, we were talking about uh, Bernie's campaign, his his policies, um, his agenda. And why is it that it's not resonating with more people of color, African-American voters, especially those who are older? Evan, I know you want to chime in. Yeah, I had a follow up. So something I've heard is kind of the expression, the devil, you know, right? And, and, And to many people, Joe Biden, as an older, white, somewhat centrist, moderate Democrat, is the devil, you know. Mm hmm. 
Um, he is a Democrat that people are associated with. Even if there is criticism, it's like you know the extent of that criticism. And when Bernie, and I even heard someone say it the other day regarding Bloomberg, which is that he's, I know that type of white man. I know that type of politician. And for many people who lived in New I mean, to me, he is not someone who should be president because of my knowledge of him. And I think there are many other people, including, you know, people of all backgrounds who feel that way. But I understand the other perspective, which is, well, I know the extent of this moderate. I know the extent of this centrism. I know the extent of this, you know, white, supposed liberal progressive. Bernie's promising all these new shiny things. And the things that I support and there's things that many other young people support but maybe some people in South Carolina think, where does this come from? Mm-hmm. Does this person really have his, uh, our best interests at heart? And Bernie does have a history. I mean, I think he has been doing a lot of this all his life. But he also does not always have the best. Let's face it, he doesn't have always the best rhetoric. Bernie does not always have the best way to communicate to voters sometimes. So I, I'm just saying I don't want it to look like it's a random choice. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there what some of the reasoning I've heard is. No, yeah. good point. Stanley, quickly. The fact of the matter is a lot of black voters in the South are conservative. They just can't be Republicans because Republicans are racist. Good point, Tammy. I know you were also getting some comments via Instagram Live. So I want to shout out my friend Wally, who's on my Instagram Live right now. Um, He's bringing up some really good points as to why the uh, the Democratic establishment is icing him out successfully. So first of all, there's the Bernie bro issue, right? Like there is an element to kind of his demeanor like Bernie is not Bernie isn't very charismatic he's not like a typical politician that will pander and dance Mm, and and play games and joke he's like very serious and his followers are very serious his followers are really intense people and when you see a guy like that and you stick up for him on the internet there's a lot of rhetoric being said that oh Bernie bros are hateful and it, it It's really good narrative for the Democratic establishment to push. And when folks who don't really do research like that, you know, see that, of course, they're going to want to vote for a candidate that's like sweeter and softer and nicer. Um, There's also, lastly, the issue of class reductionism, which is something that I think we'll get into later on. Basically, white progressives make... POC issues, female issues, reproductive issues, they make these issues into, oh, well, it's just capitalism. And a lot of what we're going to see is, can Bernie get the black vote just by saying, oh, economic policies are what's Mm -hmm. killing the hood? Can he get the significant woman vote, you know, after those attacks from Warren's campaign saying, you know, he believed a woman couldn't be president? Like, will it boil down to lining up with economic values or are we going to go with the candidate that feels more personally relatable to our specific groups? Those are great points. And you know how I answer when when those questions come up in my circles. I say, look, I'm not looking for Mr. Charming. It's not all about character. I want someone who has policies, who has a plan. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is Bernie Sanders has been serving our country for decades on end. Like I've been following him even before he entered the 2016 election. I've always been a fan of him when he was just a Vermont senator. But like your point, people haven't always been following politics, especially national politics, Mm -hmm. as much or as closely. So they're like, you know, who is he? But he's proven himself over and over again. At some point, it comes it becomes up to us 
to really filter through the noise, do our research, and find out who's going to be the best for us. Yeah, I want to get to this one more comment from Avant Drummer on our Facebook Live. Thanks for commenting, and thanks for watching, Avant. He says, South Carolina Dems are still waiting for hope and change. They are still under the Obama delirium. That's why they voted for Sleepy Joe. Joe Biden can barely complete a coherent <laughs> sentence. I don't understand why <laughs> anyone true. is taking for him. He will be a tool. He can barely complete a sentence. What is he going to do as president? He well, accidentally called Sanders president on stage. Oh, he's, do you remember that? He has so many blunders <laughs> that it's not no, he, even... He, he's not aging well. Simply put, he's also not aging well. He, um, quickly? I, I, I just want to say, uh, to Tammy's point, Bernie bros are a bit of a problem, though. Because some Bernie bros, in the most literal sense of the term, can be quite condescending. There was a VSB article, for those who don't know, Very Smart Brothers, where, yeah, where there was a VSB article, I forgot who it was, it may have been Lawrence Ware who, who wrote it. I don't know if you read this one, Stanley, back in 2016, where he said he feels like sometimes Bernie voters, especially white Bernie voters, talk to POC as if they just need some Bernie Tussin, you know, like Robitussin, some medicine to help you. And it's like, you sh- you can't talk in a condescending way to a voter saying, what are you doing voting like this? You yeah. should know as X, Y, and Z who to vote for. Like, you can make a case for somebody, but don't shame somebody yeah. for not voting. And too often, especially white progressive Bernie voters, they don't know how to make a case for Bernie in a way that's not condescending. And that and you can be turned off to a candidate by their supporters. Yeah, um, sure. And you know what? And just to add before we move along quickly, even Ava DuVernay said that she has been attacked by Bernie bros on the mm-hmm. Internet. And, you know, to me, that doesn't bode well for him and his candidacy, oh. especially as someone as, as prominent as her, a leading right. black woman in, in the space. Of Hollywood, however, I mean, like that's that's indicative of the internet itself. Like yeah, the it internet is. is disgusting. People troll there all the time. It doesn't matter, you know, who you're voting for or against. So, like, I, we can't put all of that veteran um, um, on on Bernie. But I do want to just switch gears a little bit um, now because you know we were talking about political revolutions and the one that's. Bernie Sanders has been pushing for, you know, a large majority of his campaign. But we've seen this play out before. We actually are seeing it play out now in the Dominican Republic. Um, And I want to throw this to you, Stanley, because you and I were talking offline about, you know, what we have learned from other political revolutions. What makes them so fearful, especially to the establishment, the status quo and Mm -hmm. those who are in power and, and what and how these usually ends. You know, and I know you want to talk about Dominican Republic. Yeah. So. Political, like the United States might just be heading to a political revolution, and not just because Bernie Sanders' policies are so far to the left, but because this has been a dynasty of sorts for hundreds, like hundreds of years now, and every dynasty has its day in the sun, and we might be heading there. And like what's happening in Dominican Republic, where they had an election, they were supposed to have an election, and the federal government stopped it. And it said there was some issues. Mm-hmm. And now, like, you have protests going on out there. Police are attacking people and killing people. And it's a full-on revolution. And then right in, a couple of miles away in Haiti, the same exact thing is happening. If the Democratic Party decides that they're going to screw over Bernie at the convention, well, pardon me, if Bernie wins the rest of these primaries and, like, and like finishes the primary elections with the majority of pledged delegates, and they decide to go with somebody else, we might be facing that. Mm-hmm. And... If Bernie loses fair and square and say Biden wins and Biden faces Trump and then he beats Trump, we might be facing a situation where Donald Trump and the Republican Party just refuse to leave the office. Right. Mm. This like this is literally what we're walking into. So no matter which way you put it, we might be in a space right now where things are not going to get much better for us. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, you know, that being said, what needs to be done so that no matter which direction this political revolution goes, because it sounds like something revolutionary is going to happen regardless yeah. in 2020, we need to make sure it's in our favor, black and brown communities, no matter who wins the presidency in 2020. And there are a number of things that we can do, continually do, especially directly in our communities to make sure that we still are protecting our power and our mm -hmm. vote. Because I'll tell you this. Regardless of who wins, there are a number of people in the 1% in, you know, political power. They always make sure that them and their direct communities mm -hmm. are, are, are protected yeah, regardless. Yeah. But yeah. it's like we need to start thinking like that. Um, you know, Tammy, what needs to be done to realize a political revolution that would favor black and brown communities moving forward? Yeah. So I think something that's always happened politically to black and brown communities and honestly, even uneducated working class communities is that we're tokenized and we're used for our votes and our voice without any stake at the table. You know, um, something that we need to do is to make sure that we're front and center of every conversation mm -hmm. just so that our issues are addressed. You know, um, I see it all the time in local organizing, like when the ECR campaign, uh, ECRB campaign stormed City Hall and demanded that a reform for the New York Police Department was on the ballot, it got on the ballot. We need to make sure that we're banding up with community orgs that prioritize people of color, not just by saying, oh, you know, we, we do want to work with the hood, we do want to work for low-income people. No, they put black people in leadership positions. They put black issues first on their agenda. And more importantly, they listen when they make a blunder. Like, I see this playing out all the time in history, both locally and nationally, where black folks are used for their voice and they're on the ground power and then dubbed. Mm -hmm. Even locally, like, I'm a DSA dues-paying member and... We weren't going to endorse Bernie like members of AfroSoc and Racial Justice Working Group wanted to hold out on the Bernie endorsement until he came out and said he was in support of reparations. And guess what? They did it anyway. That cannot pass. We cannot have black people paying money and donating to organizations and, and, and clapping at Tom Steyer's pandering just because it's fun and hip. Just for funsies, we need to actually do the research and put our money and our minds to candidates that prioritize us. Great point there, Tammy. Stanley, as we wrap up this conversation, what needs to do to ensure that black and brown people can finally get an equal piece of the pie in 2020? Build black and brown political and community power independent from whiteness, which is really hard because whites tend to have the money. But we have to do it. And until we do, we'll always be dealing with having to react to what they like or having our demands be passed over. Like Tammy's giving an example in DSA, like that happens a lot in white spaces. Um, and just Evan, quickly closing comments. Yes, I agree with what everybody said. But I also think to, to go specifically to Bernie, Bernie has to acknowledge race more in order for this to happen. It's true that a lot of these policies will help all working class people, but he needs to show as a candidate that he is cognizant of the struggles of the of the plight of the of the past, including reparations, and of the future plight that so many of his diehard supporters go through. And I think until those connections are made, it will not be a complete movement. 
I want to end by leaving everyone with a quote from John Swartz in his essay, The Iron Law of Institutions. He says, the people who control institutions care first and foremost about their power within the institution rather than the power of the institution itself. Thus, they would rather the institution fail while they remain in power within the institution than for the institution to succeed if that requires them to lose power within that same institution. And I want to say that I say that because the law of institutions and what he's talking about is on full display in the Democratic Party right now as the party establishment continues to think about a broker convention and superdelegates are thinking about snuffing out Bernie Sanders for the nomination. They are doing this all for themselves to keep the power right. within this self. Again, this is the 1%. This is white supremacy playing out and it's all its glory. And it's, it's up to us to remain cognizant and in full effect on the ground when it comes to taking the proper action. That means organizing, that means supporting the candidates that have our best interests at heart. And I get it. Bernie Sanders, he's also, he is a white man. He is he has had some problematic moments throughout his um, tenure. And he's also a victim of white supremacy and racism itself. However, if you ask somebody like me, he's the candidate that is going to best represent our interests and even when he's not or he he or even when he's wrong on things at least he'll be open to listening so that's why i'm supporting bernie sanders and as we see the institution is not just one last thing as you were saying this Dropout Bernie is trending on Twitter, number one worldwide. Oh, my yeah. God. Yo, let me just say, Wally's comment, totally correct. We're going to have a 1968 yeah. Chicago convention that, on our hands. Let's get buck. Like, absolutely. <laughs> that, I'm that, so ready for that it. That being said, some of that's Russia. Oh, yeah. That probably has Russia. So I just want to thank everyone who tuned in and chimed into our show today and all of those who are listening via podcast. Please remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeHeardPod. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash let your voice be heard and subscribe to our podcast. Lastly, please support us by giving a few dollars each month via our Patreon campaign, which is patreon.com slash be heard radio. We need money, y'all. We're trying to rebrand. So if you want some popping stuff, you better pay up. All right. <laughs> Bernie got 46 mil. We're looking for 45 mil. <laughs> <laughs> this very moment, women make up more than two thirds of the world's illiterate people. Other statistics show that just 39% of rural girls attend primary school, which is fewer than the 45% of boys who get to attend. These factors place young women at a great disadvantage in the world, indicating that gender